0: episode of radical stepmoms podcast is sponsored by stepmom magazine and if you haven't read it yet, you don't know what you're missing. It's actually the first resource I found and stepmoms, believe me when I tell you, it was a game changer for how I navigate this role. Stepmom Magazine is a monthly online publication and each issue is packed with articles from therapists and family experts who know exactly what you're going through and what to do about it because they're stepmoms too. When you subscribe, you'll get access to a private group forum where you can talk with other stepmoms from around the world and they also offer eBooks on specific topics like Engaging, being a full-time stepmom, parental alienation, and so much more. They're all available to download right now. I subscribed years ago, and it was exactly what I needed to feel less alone and more supported. To join, head to stepmommagazine.com and use code radical20 to save 20%. If you love it as much as I do, send me a DM on Instagram and let me know. I love hearing from you. Again, that's stepmommagazine.com and use the code radical20 to save 20%. Hello, you are listening to Radical Step Moms. This is Christina. On this episode, I am chatting with Mary Kate, who is going to share her story. Not about her relationship with her partner, not about her relationship with her her stepchild, but the relationship with her mother-in-law, which <laughs> can be super complicated. So, hi Mary Kate, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, Christina, thanks for having me.
0: Yay. So let's start kind of from the beginning. Let's have you introduce yourself, let's uh, introduce your family, all that kind of stuff, and then we'll get into talking about mother-in-laws.
1: Sure. Sounds great. Um, So my name is Mary Kate. I live just about 25 minutes outside of the Twin Cities in Minnesota. I actually live in the Halloween capital of the world funny enough <laughs> um i became a stepmom pretty young i met my now husband when i was only 21 um at the time he was 27 um and my stepdaughter was 4 and so i never really walked into that thinking i was going to stay in that kind of a relationship it was kind of like an accidental meeting and then it was like oh things are happening you have a kid i'm meeting your kid i'm meeting your ex like all that oh. kind of fun stuff
0: uh-huh um,
1: our history was with her mom was super, super high conflict when we first met because they had a fresh breakup and they were still living together.
0: Oh, that is complicated.
1: Yes. And then of course my mother-in-law didn't make that situation easier at all um, with their separation. So um, we've been together now for a bit over four and a half years. Things have definitely settled down with our relationship with bio mom, but now it's just everything with my mother-in-law that's going on.
0: Okay. So when you say high conflict in the beginning, what did that look like? I'm always curious when there's been a shift, right? Like, I feel like those of us who are still in that high conflict stage are like, okay, but when did it get better? And why did it get better? And do I have hope of it getting better? So can you kind of like explain what was high conflict and why do you think
1: it's shifted over time? Sure. So when they separated, it's actually because she had an affair, um, they had just moved to the state and he had been here two months prior to her getting here because he got a job up here. And so we had to start working and they had just closed on their house. And so she ended up moving up two months later after they had finally closed on the house and everything was all settled. And within a month, she was having an affair. Oh, wow. So um, we met about a month after they decided to call it quits, Uh, but they were still living together. She hadn't found a place yet. And, you know, kiddo has zero idea there's anything going on. Mm -hmm. So when we met, it was very high conflict because I think I was the reminder that she failed in her marriage. Mm -hmm. And here was this woman that, you know, eventually was spending time with her kid and, you know, her ex and living the life that she wanted. I was living in the house that they had bought together that she had been in for a month you know, just stuff like that, that I think yeah. that she had a hard time letting go of, even though she made the decision to, you know, leave the relationship and have the affair.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that sounds like you have a lot of like understanding and compassion for her side. Um, what was that relationship like with you two in the beginning? Was she dismissive of you? Was she, you know, what was, <laughs> what, what were those high conflict things?
1: Sure. So, um, just super funny to me now looking back on it, like how immature and petty from both sides. Mm. Um, you know, at first she was in the relationship, a stay-at-home mom. So she wasn't working at all. And when they decided to separate, she's like, okay, well, I'm going to need to move out. I will need a job. So she would, she got a job, uh, right around the time I came into the picture and she would ask me to babysit all the time. She'd be Mm. like, Hey, like I need to work. Like my boyfriend, her ex is working. Like, can you watch the kid? And I would say, sure. And so I would be in the house pretty often, like helping them out. And then about three months into our relationship, when she still couldn't find an apartment, they had gotten in some snippy fight over like what furniture she wanted to take. Mm -hmm. Because she was kind of clearing out the whole house. She's like, if I'm not getting the house, I'm taking everything in the house. Mm -hmm. And she used that argument as a catalyst to actually try and get a restraining order against me saying that I was damaging her child and confusing her child. Uh super weird. She the one calling on <laughs> you to come save her. Exactly. So oh that God. was just, you know, her trying to hurt my husband by getting to me. Sure. And so we kind of just used that as an opportunity for me to step back more and like stop helping her in any way until she could move out and I stopped coming around the house at that point altogether until she was
0: gone. Yeah. Okay. And then as time went on, she kind of,
1: things just settled down. She, you know, after they went to mediation, it's when, because originally it was super high conflict that she wanted everything. You know, she originally wanted the house. She wanted at least 80% custody. She would fluctuate with her attorney. Um, She wanted the child support and the spousal support. And she just wanted all the control and uh my husband ended up fighting and fighting hard and he got 50 50 no child support no spousal support he kept his house they separated all their debts and just walked away and the only thing that she gained originally was um choosing the school district but they had bought their house in our neighborhood for the amazing school district and she was fighting to have it somewhere else which was a little silly
0: but i mean really after
1: mediation it's when we kind of chilled out, but the conflict would get worse when my mother-in-law would get involved.
0: Oh, she played both teams. Okay, okay. <laughs> the mother-in-law did. Yes. Okay. All right. So very catty. Okay. So I think. Let I mean. Let's just. First, talk about how complicated relationships with mother-in-laws are in general. Like I know, especially when you're going in as either the second wife or at least the woman who hasn't had a kid with, you know, your partner, but this other woman has. Like, I know for me, I like my husband had a child. With someone who he was dating. They didn't want a relationship. And then they both relied on my mother-in-law to like help them. And so my mother-in-law got like really used to being needed. She got really used to taking care of my stepson. She got really used to, you know, being in the middle of bio mom and my husband. And then I came into the mix and all of a sudden she wasn't really needed anymore. And like, that was a really weird dynamic, I think for her to take on or to digest, accept, I guess. And then I'm like looking at it, like, I mean, I was very like insecure in the beginning, um, like not knowing what, how close bio mom and, my mother-in-law were and all the history there and being compared and all that crap. So all that to say, I think a lot of stepmoms go into it with this weird relationship with their mother-in-law anyway, on top of like the traditional, like, oh, that's my partner's mom. And that's, you know, like you see in movies all the time of like, like i think there's even a movie called mother-in-law you know <laughs> like that yeah. that relationship is just weird but i feel like in blended families like the stepmom takes on a very interesting dynamic with mother-in-laws and in my experience of talking to thousands of stepmoms it's either amazingly great or it's a shit show and i would rather not ever have any interaction with her so absolutely on your end it sounds like you're the latter <laughs> So let's start there. What type of relationship did you have with your mother-in-law in in the beginning?
1: Um, So in the beginning, it it was kind of traumatic because I'm trying to support my husband, Mm -hmm. right? And he's losing this 10-year partnership with this woman who had an affair and is breaking up their family. And he was okay with it, really. He was like, okay, with their relationship ending. But what was difficult for him is he has no family around. Mm. So his dad passed away, um, I think when my stepdaughter was two or three and they had already had a really kind of awful relationship, um, growing up, like he was the reason his dad, um, he was an addict. Mm. And so he put them through a lot of hell, him and his mom, and they ended up actually leaving Canada and Mm. immigrating to the United States to get away from him. Mm. And so they didn't rekindle their relationship until he was in his early twenties, right after his daughter was born. And then his mom has always just been like very controlling and very about like money is how I buy love and affection Mm. and throws money at problems instead of doing the hard work of a relationship. And so they actually ended up moving away from all of their family, like her family as well. all over together. They lived in, I think, three or four different states after Layla was born. And so before that time, um, my husband and bio mom, before they were pregnant, actually lived with his mom. And so she was like the savior. Yeah. Right.
0: (laughs) I'm nodding my head. I think it was right.
1: (laughs) I think it was like when he was in college and she was in like her senior year of high school, like he was was a freshman and she was senior. And um, her mom is kind of a piece of work as well. Uh, like the kind of mom who made her get a job at 14 to like pay bills Mm. Um, yeah heavy drug addict as well and so she moved in with my mother-in-law and lived in the same house as the two of them for like two years until they got their own place Mm. uh, right around the time they got pregnant and so she had this complex of I am the only stable parent in these two kids lives in her mind I think um, even though she herself is incredibly unstable and just an overall whirlwind of a person. Mm. <laughs> so I do think that that impacts their relationship or her idea of what their relationship should be.
0: Sure. Yeah. There's some like enmeshment there. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, it's so interesting, again, thinking about the, um, the textbook bio mom kind of thing. And like, so many of us can be like, Oh my God, me too. Like bio mom does the same thing. Why are they all the same way? And then when we talk about mother-in-laws, it's like, why are they all the same way? (laughs) (laughs) Why do they all have that in common? That's so weird. And yeah, I think it it can come down to a lot of like, you know, deep rooted family dynamics, but Um, I mean, same, my husband and bio mom lived with my mother-in-law for a period of time. And then it was weird because when my husband and I met, I had an apartment, my apartment lease was up. My husband and I knew at that point we were going to get engaged and buy a house together. So it didn't make sense for me to renew my lease. So we moved in with his mom and we lived together for six months while we were looking for a house. And it was the same house that my mom had lived in. And I was just like, this is fucking weird. I don't like it. Like, I just feel, you know, and then here I am. To, it was just, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, continue on. So, um, what was, you know, did you have a decent relationship with your mother-in-law for a bit or what kind of happened? So this
1: is where it- It's weird because when they were separating, my husband like had made multiple attempts to reach out to his mom, just because like, that is his only living family member, really. Um, even though she's toxic and he knew it at that time too, like you always want to reach out to your mom, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're going through a separation or a divorce, like it's natural. And so he would reach out to her for support, like, Hey, like she's having an affair. What do we do? Like, I want to leave. I don't know if I can leave, but I want to be able to see my kid. And Her response was, Well, you have to stay for your daughter. Mm. Otherwise, like you're a piece of shit parent, pretty much. Mm -hmm. But I mean, both of them came from parents of divorce. So I don't know why that was her initial response. And then eventually after her affair continued on and she saw how unhappy she was, or he was, that um she offered to help pay for their separation, at least on my husband's end, like helped him to secure an attorney. Mm -hmm. um which was weird to me because like when I was first coming into this when he was getting his attorney she would try and like shit talk bio mom to me but then I know for a fact she was like in bio mom's ear shit talking and like saying stuff that we were doing because stuff would come back around and that would cause a lot of conflict between us Mm -hmm. um for example like she knew that bio mom was trying to take a lot of you know expensive furniture and family heirlooms from my husband's side of the family oh. and uh they would fight about that all the time because she's still living in the house and then she would tell us that she won't allow her to take it and then she'll go to buy a mom and send her a check for like two grand and be like buy some furniture oh, oh yeah God. it was a lot of like that kind of stuff like shady mm-hmm. yeah so
0: yeah, yeah. see like and, and that's the thing too, the, the playing both sides thing, my mother-in-law to this day will always say like, oh, well, I'm just trying to stay in, in, in the loop and in her life because I, I one want to see my grandson and two, you know, like, she's trying to like play the card of like, keep your enemies closer thing. Like she's doing us a favor. Like if she's close yep. to my mom, then she can be like the mole to tell us things. And I'm like, bitch you do it the other way around like you tell her shit about our house like no that's not how that works and I think I've mentioned on episode before where this was several Christmases ago now but bio mom had my stepson for Christmas and we didn't find out till like two months later that my mother-in-law went over to her house and spent Christmas with them and we were like seriously like she's like oh well she just invited me like you know (laughs) out of the blue. And I just wanted to see him. And I'm like, but you're on our team. Like we like, and I think at that point, like we were barely, like, I think we were still going through court and like stuff where it's like, no, that's not how this works. And you tell us two months later, like shady shit like that, where I, I don't know about you, but I slowly stopped telling my mother-in-law details about stuff. I slowly stopped venting to her about BioMom mom because I just don't trust it. I don't trust. Yeah.
1: You can't trust her. Yeah, exactly. Like she was never on your team in the first place. Like she's yeah. always going to be on the side of the mother of her grandchild. Yeah. But always. why not her own so child?
0: Real. But why not her own child?
1: I don't know. I think that high conflict mother-in-laws are like high conflict grandparents at the root of it. You know what I mean? And that's a lot of what we're experiencing mm -hmm. is, you know, everything is about her relationship with my stepdaughter Mm -hmm. and not about her relationship with her son or with anybody else. Yeah. And it's so toxic.
0: Yeah. I realized, and I've said this to my husband too. I've realized that my husband's childhood is so parallel with my stepson's childhood where like in like in lined up like my uh, my husband is his dad and bio mom is his mom and i am my husband's stepmom and we like have an ours baby like all this it's exactly a parallel so when i'm talking to my mother-in-law about bio mom I honestly like have watched her kind of like glaze over or like make these like expressions where i I'm like,' oh my God, she is looking at me like the stepmom that she had to deal with, and she hates me for it. like all the things that i how I'm involved and how all the things that bioma hates me for is what she hated my husband's stepmom for, you know, and I'm like, oh, you're having some transference issues there like okay, I, I should just stop talking about this kind of stuff because you're actually not on my team. And yeah, so I also like have said, I said this to you, Mary Kate, before we started recording that my mother-in-law knows about this podcast, but like I stopped talking to her about it and like, I don't like meant, so I'm just like, all right, well, <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's hope she doesn't tell bio them. mom. Anyway, so yeah, you slowly realize that they're not really on your side.
1: Um, well, I had like the the thing that really brought it all full circle for me because I had, I mean, I've heard stories from my husband's childhood, like super super fucked up childhood. Mm-hmm. Sorry, drop the F bomb. Oh, but totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, he went through just like a lot, especially with her and his stepdad, like very toxic relationship with his stepdad. Um, and, uh, like I said, she would argue with him about something. And instead of, you know, having a conversation afterwards, she would smoke a lot of pot, Mm. get high and then Mm. throw money at him and be like, I'm sorry, we fought. Or I'm sorry. I said that awful thing to you. Here's 20 bucks, like go buy yourself, whatever. And so that was like, all the experiences I've had with her is just like, her throwing money at things to apologize. So when these little things would come up that I would notice with her and her behavior, like we find out that she said something to bio mom. She would like feel guilty, send us money and be like, go out for a date night. So like, I see these patterns in the stories that I've heard. Mm -hmm. And then it came around time. So we, we got engaged and the money from our ring actually came from her mother passed away and my husband wasn't like super super close with his grandma but had like what he thought was like a decent relationship and so she was like hey like she left inheritance to everybody so like here's your chunk and like he didn't really tell me much about it since you know he wanted to buy the ring with it (laughs) and so like he buys the ring with the money we get engaged she's all happy and then about a year before our wedding she comes over for a visit and she gets really emotional and starts telling the story about how her mom was like sexually abusive Hmm. and like horror horror stories about this and my husband had let his grandma watch his daughter
0: oh god
1: and like she didn't like intervene or do anything about that Hmm. so like when we found out that yeah and then the fact that we now have like this blood money like on (sighs) my finger (laughs) just Uh, like that we violated that trust Mm -hmm. right because you would expect that she would have said
0: something or done something like brought this up sooner than when she did
1: well and just because because she she forgives her her, doesn't mean that we should have to
0: right Mm
1: -hmm. like what she did was heinous so stuff like that came up and then um she gave us a little bit of money for our wedding. I think she paid for our donuts because we had a brunch wedding. So we did donuts Mm -hmm. instead of cake. Um, And I think that that excuse led her into believing she got to control the whole wedding. And so I remember she called me the two days before my wedding. I had my bachelorette party and I'm out with all my girlfriends. I'm getting super drunk. We're having an (laughs) amazing time. And she calls me. And I answer because I'm like, maybe, you know, my stepdaughter's the flower girl. Maybe something happened to the dress. Like, I just, you know, what's going on that you're calling me when you know I'm out drinking? Mm -hmm. And she calls me sobbing out of control because she feels her relationship with her son is slipping through her fingers. And Uh, it's like mad at me and wants me to do something about it.
0: Like, bitch, I'm taking shots right now. Like, what do you
1: want me to do? (laughs) I was like four shots deep and I'm like, what is this conversation? she starts like spamming my phone with texts and will not leave me alone the entire night and the girls in my bridal party are like what the fuck
0: <laughs> what and it, it's like okay so are you supposed to be the one to remedy that emotion like go talk to your son about it why is it and that's on how she
1: uses me it's always my responsibility to maintain like She'll get mad at me or at least before we kicked her out of her life. That's that's for later. <laughs> yeah. But like she would use me as the responsibility for maintaining the relationship with her grandchild and her son. And if I wasn't reminding them to call or write letters or, you know, organize Skype calls with her family, stuff like that, then like I was the problem. Mm. Because that's my responsibility. Mm-hmm. As um, the
0: woman, as the woman, yeah. We're supposed to carry that emotional right. labor too, because what you didn't raise a boy to be a grown ass man and like, take care of it on his own, please. Well, and if
1: he doesn't <laughs> want to talk to you, he doesn't want to talk to you. Right. Like,
0: why is that on? Yeah. I same. And yeah. my mother-in-law, she and my husband warned me of this early on. Cause he was like, look, she does this. She's doing the same thing that she's always done. Even with his girlfriends growing up, like she will not have boundaries She will completely like disown my husband to form a relationship with the girl in the picture. And then my husband was like, she can't hold a relationship with me and the person that I'm with at the same time. So at the drop of a hat, she will cut you off if she wants to be closer to me because she feels like a boundary has been crossed or something. And that's,
1: I feel like you're speaking from my soul. Like
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's like literally what has happened. The past eight years where I, my feelings get her, because here I am thinking that her and I have this good relationship and then something happens. Like I don't do something the way that she wants me to do. She comes over and it's, she's super passive aggressive. And then from that point on, she won't text me. She won't call me. She won't ask about the kids. It's all towards my husband, which I'm like torn because I'm like, I want you to have a relationship with your mom. I didn't like being the one in the middle, being like, hey, your mom wants to talk to you, like, whatever that is. But, like, can you not just be a normal person and be able to hold space for both your son and their partner? Like, what is that? So, right now, like, where we are, I don't know. (laughs) I don't talk to her at all. She texted me like a couple of days ago and she's like, hey, does, you know, do the kids like this for Christmas? And I'm just like, yeah, that's fine. And she's like, cool, thanks. And that was it. Like, no, hey, how have you been? No, like happy holidays, nothing. I'm like, okay, well, you got what you wanted. Cool. Anyway, yeah, I have to say this episode is pretty cathartic for me because I do not really talk about this part of <laughs> my blended life. So to hear you like share things that like, yes, what is that?
1: Well, and that's why I wanted to be on this show so bad for this reason is because like your show has provided me with so many resources for everything else. I feel like I'm in a really good spot right now with like managing conflict with bio mom or like yeah. setting boundaries with my husband and my stepkid. But with my mother-in-law, what the fuck? <laughs> we need to have a class just on high conflict in-laws and yes. what to do with them.
0: Yes. Okay. Oh. So yeah. So... Oh, continue on. So you guys have this like hot, cold relationship, the wedding. Okay. So she violates your bachelorette night. Okay.
1: Okay. I don't find this out until I think like, I think it was on Christmas. I heard it from my parents. We got married in October. And so that following Christmas, a couple months later, um, my whole family is around and my grandparents are talking and I overhear them talking about my mother-in-law at the reception how she came up to them and started talking about bio mom, saying that she was the perfect wife. And she made my husband as a stay-at-home mom, like perfect, organic, homegrown, like meals. And that she is just the perfect mom. And just like all these things. And I'm finding this out on goddamn Christmas. And I have a breakdown. I'm like, wh- like and I know that they didn't tell me at first to protect my feelings. And you don't want to hear mm-hmm. that on your wedding day. Mm -hmm. I would have been crushed but then that's when I knew that like she never had my best interest in mind and you know she only wants uh, I guess like ultimate access to her grandchild is that Mm -hmm. her game that she wants to play both teams like that Um, yeah but it was just soul crushing it it really was and like I mean she had talked a bunch of crap to my entire family before about bio mom and just told stories and you know I I kind of tune it out honestly because I don't need to know you know, Mm -hmm. what she went through when she was going through like postpartum depression. Like, I'm not going to judge her for like that kind of stuff. But then when you come around on a wedding day and say that kind of stuff, Mm
0: -hmm. it
1: it was at that point that I decided I was done with her. Mm -hmm. And I told my husband, I was like, I will help facilitate her relationship with her grandchild. And that is it, Mm -hmm. you know, no more talking about my life or, you know, connecting as individuals and building our relationship. Like my relationship only exists to pass the phone. Cause Mm -hmm. she's long distance. Right. So uh, thankfully we didn't have to see her that much, but yeah, that was the definite turning point for me. And it just went downhill from there.
0: Yeah. So I'm curious because it's, it is always such a tricky situation when you are navigating the um, relation or the relationship with your partner's mom. Like, I don't know about you, but there are certain things that I can say to my husband And I'm like, look, this is upsetting. I don't like that she does this. This pisses me off, like whatever. And he can be like, yep, I get it. You know, she's always been like this. You know, he's been dealing with it his whole life. But then I know over trial and error, or I guess just learning (laughs) that there is like a threshold for him where he's like, all right, you can't talk smack about my mama. You know, like where he's like, okay, like, you need to, you know, tread lightly because she's still my mom, which I get and I respect, and I would feel the same way. Um, but how has that been for you in the relationship with your husband and how he feels about what's going down? Has there ever been a time where he's been more defensive of
1: her? I mean, their relationship definitely ebbs and flows. And like, you know, when he heard about that incident at the wedding, he a hundred percent had my back Mm. and he was like, that is super screwed up. And we need to confront her about this. And you know, I, it makes me not want to have a relationship with her, but I feel this guilt because I have parents who are still together Mm. and my parents' marriage isn't perfect, but they're going on almost 30 years. And for me, I don't know what I would do if I couldn't talk to my mom. Yeah. And his mom is really his only like not really his only living family but the closest thing he's got Mm. and for a long time growing up it was just him and his mom and I you know his ex-wife kind of maintained a relationship with her like they weren't perfect they fought all the time too I've heard stories from both of them even bio moms told me her you know struggles with my mother-in-law but But they still maintained a relationship
0: just interjecting with that for a second. Isn't it weird when you do have those moments where you actually do kind of bond over something with BioMom? Like, it's like, oh shit, oh, yeah. like you're a person and you can relate to me and you're kind of human. Like, I'm grateful for that, but also, ew. Like,
1: <laughs> but also, ew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So she could speak to it too. And right. so at, at this right. point, like, he kind of, You want to support a relationship for the two of them, but you yourself are like, this is a boundary I have to uphold.
1: So this was 2019 we got married. Okay. And that was the end of 2019. So obviously we all know what happened in the beginning of 2020. We were actually (laughs) supposed to go to Disney. That was my stepdaughter's Christmas gift from mother-in-law. She said that she gave it to her. Or I'm sorry, not Christmas. It was her birthday, her birthday in January. She gave it to her in January and said, you know, for March break, we're going to go to Disney and then everything shut down. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't have to see her until uh, that summer. It was August. And I had already like decided I didn't want anything to do with her back in Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so my husband was like, I want to keep an open mind to an extent about this visit. I want to kind of feel out the vibe and see how she is and see if we can get an apology out of her and, you know, express where you're coming from. And so I remember she did what she always does when she comes to visit, she throws money. So she took us out to this like really nice dinner And I just remember her being like kind of an ass the whole time. And I was just so closed off to her emotionally. Like I wouldn't really talk to her. I just like drank my $10 cocktails that I'm (laughs) going to order on her dime. And eventually I think she picked up on like that little bit of hostility from me. And she actually pulled me aside outside the restaurant and started bawling her eyes out and playing victim Mm. and being like, I'm so sorry. Like if I did anything to upset you. And then my husband was like, well, we heard what you said. Like we heard that you were talking about, you know, bio mom at our wedding to her family. And she was like, yeah, I guess I was just like nervous and awkward. And I didn't really know what to say. And, you know, it's like, I don't know if that's necessarily an apology. No, (laughs) but we were willing to kind of just like, you know, say goodnight and see how she was the following day. The following day was this barbecue party that she invited. She's hosting it at our house. She didn't ask. She just is. Like she bought a barbecue oh, wow. to put at our house for, yeah, for this party. And then all of the accessories that go with a barbecue party, uh, because <laughs> her husband, my husband's stepdad, it was his birthday. okay And so they were like, we're going to throw this birthday barbecue at your house and we'll buy everything. You just have to get like your family to show up. So just my parents end up coming and like this entire visit, um, My mother-in-law has been making my stepdaughter anxious. She puts a lot of pressure on her relationship with her and like titles. She's Mm -hmm. very insecure about the fact that my parents live here and are very involved in her life. Mm -hmm. And she sees them as grandparents, very insecure. So she started like signing all of her cards as Grammy number one. Wow. That's such a bio mom thing to do. Like your real mom. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. She's like. Like, I, like, I remember the day you were born. She would always bring up that story oh in front God. of my mom every time without fail. And so my mom is just such like a chillax person. And she's like, whatever, like, she wants to be dramatic letter. She's like, not bothered at all. And she's like, I know that I have a great relationship with her. And so like, she's my inspiration,
0: <laughs> first of yeah. all. Yeah.
1: But so we have this party and this entire visit, my kiddo's been on edge. And I remember it was like right around the time they were supposed to show up to the party. Like my parents were already here. My best friend was here and um, her and I, my best friend were upstairs and we noticed that like kiddo's door was shut to her room. And so we knocked and, you know, she opened and we're like, Hey, like, are you ready? And she's like, I don't, I don't want to see her. And we were like, really? Like, why? What's going on? And she's like, I just feel really anxious right now. And I don't really want to be around her. Oh. and then that moment that she said that the door just opens, the front door and you can hear it and like clear as a bell she's like I'm here and she starts bawling oh and wow. you can just tell she's stressed out by her presence because she really mm. is like a succubus wherever she is and then we were like you know what like why don't you chill out up here let's do some like meditation do some self-care like calm down from our anxiety attack and I went downstairs while my best friend stayed up with her to calm her down. Hmm. And I talked to my husband and I was like, she's not feeling it. Well, while I was talking to him, um, my mother-in-law walks up the stairs into her room and starts trying to push her door open. And my stepdaughter is like tears in her eyes, holding her whole body weight against the door to keep her from coming in. Cause she just does not want to see her. Wow. So instead of my mother-in-law being able to like, have a conversation about why she was feeling that way she stormed off like a toddler and said if you don't want to see me then I'm just gonna leave and like you would rather be with her family and drove all the way home to Kentucky and like left the party the party for her husband
0: I assume she took her husband with her yes okay of course (laughs) it's like she didn't leave the barbecue on her husband (laughs)
1: my, my parents were like a witness to her storming off. And so was I, and it was just the most uncomfortable thing because you are not allowing an eight-year-old to express her feelings and emotions. And you mm-hmm. yourself are turning around and acting like a child.
0: Hmm. Yeah. That's like all of that just says a lot about her, you know, and, and especially the fact that she would point fingers at your parents, like it, that, I mean, I can see a bio mom doing that, right? Like if it were, if she were a bio mom and it was the step, you know, like, that's just that very, um, weak ego where they just think their shit don't stink. And then when they're presented with, Hey, actually you impact people and like, you can't, you can't handle it. Um, yeah, that's, that's, So I imagine it was very awkward after she left. Um, What was the relationship like after that? Did your husband end up having a conversation with her? Like, I'm always interested when the, when the husbands can, or the partners can confront their mom. I imagine that's very awkward.
1: Yeah. I'm honestly trying to remember I feel like after that, he just really kept his distance for a while. Mm. And sometimes they would do that. Like before we completely cut her out, it'd be like after a visit, we just don't talk for like two weeks. Mm -hmm. And then they would like do little bits here and there, but he already knew like she had, you know, displayed this toxic behavior. He goes to therapy every week and he unloads on his therapist about his mom and works through that relationship that way. Um, And so she didn't end up coming back to visit because that was in August I don't think she came back until this last summer okay um and this is actually one of the things that caused conflict with bio mom is because she would do this all the fucking time where she would just book a plane ticket not ask us whose week it was not ask if it would work with our schedules and just be like hey guys I'm coming figure it out oh my god And so we would have to start negotiations with bio mom who would just be irate you know it's her weekend it's you know they had plans stuff like that and it's you know what do you do Mm -hmm. you know she bought these tickets and she would always yell at my husband and say stuff like you need to control your mom and when your mom comes to visit and he's like you really think that there's any controlling that woman like you lived with her right yeah
0: (laughs) you know how it is yeah
1: yeah yeah And so when she ended up coming back out to visit this summer um she was definitely playing like both teams on this visit um and we were not in like a great spot at that time with bio mom we were just like really up and down conflict and i remember she like wanted to go out to dinner with bio mom on that visit and i was immediately like ew mm-hmm. like that's uncomfortable and i just decided that if that's what she was going to do i wasn't going to see her the entire visit i think i saw her once in passing but i didn't spend any time with her and my husband went out with her a couple times and you know He said that they had some really good talks she apologized for a lot of her behavior she apologized for the barbecue the last summer and he was like i think it's going to be different she's going to come back out in october and it'll be different we can heal like i can have a positive healthy relationship with her because she started going to therapy is what she's telling him and she's working on herself and he was really excited by that and i didn't want to get in the way because what kind of a wife would i be if i'm like no i know everything (laughs) it's all going to crash and burn. (laughs) And so I just did my part to, you know, I made it very clear. Like I don't have any relationship with her, but I will support you and support your daughter and any kind of relationship that you guys choose to have. I'm just choosing not to have one, Mm -hmm. but I will by all means facilitate for you guys. Mm -hmm. And he was respectful of that because he knows of what she did and what she had said. And that I just, I hold grudges Mm -hmm. if I'm being honest. You wronged me too many times. I'm like you're done.
0: Yeah, one thing, Gannett's uh, voice just popped into my head because if you guys remember Gannett's relationship with her with her in laws, like I think she said on an episode at one time, like your relationship with your in laws are not you have no obligation. Like it's not like you marry in like that. It's a perk if it works, but if it doesn't work, like you don't have an obligation to force yourself to be in any more toxic shit than you already have been with bio mom or even your own past trauma and stuff. Like, yeah, like there's no obligation there. So I love that you can like set that boundary and be like, that's not what I want to have. And your partner could respect that.
1: Right. And so she came out to visit again, right around the time of our wedding anniversary. Like she was here the entire week, which I'm like, ew, go away. (laughs) Um, But he was coming into this visit with this mindset of, it it was different last time. So it's going to be different. And I think it was like maybe three or four days before she came out, she was on like FaceTime with my stepdaughter. And she was trying to tell, like my stepdaughter was trying to tell her something about her day. Uh, you know, I think it was something maybe about school. And she made this comment about like, not everything or contrary to what you believe, like the world doesn't revolve around you and your dad. And like, I don't care. And my stepdaughter heard that. And she was like, what did you say? And she was like, "You, you know, it is what it is. And so she ended up hanging up that conversation and was crying. And she was talking to my husband, like, Grammy said this to me. And so when she came in for this visit, He picked her up at the airport and was driving her, just the two of them. And he was like, you know, she heard this comment that you said, like, under your breath. And it hurt her feelings. And she said, I'm sorry she heard it. Not, I'm sorry I said it. Not, I'm sorry that I hurt her feelings.
0: Who did she want to hear it? I'm sorry she heard
1: me say that. I don't know. Like, talking to a child on FaceTime. Why would
0: you say something under your breath if you didn't want them to hear it?
1: Right. And so oh, he I was already like her. kind of pissed off at her and she wouldn't apologize for that behavior. So the visit started off rocky already. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I told him like, I'm not going out for dinner with her. Like, I just don't want to see her. And he was like, you do what you want. And she ended up snaking me into one dinner. And at that one dinner, it was just so uncomfortable and so tense. And she kept trying to just like buy me drinks to loosen me up. And I was like, I'll take your alcohol, (laughs) but I'm going to stay like stone cold. (laughs) So I'll take all the free drinks I can get. But, um, it was the last day of her visit. So like, that was like the only time I had seen her. And then he goes, you know, she invited your parents out for dinner and I think it'd be weird if it was, like, my mom and her husband and me and, you know, our daughter and you not there. So, we just come. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll go. And so, we met. And the entire time, she is just blowing off my mom. She won't let my mom get two words in. She's, like, pulling my stepdaughter, who's almost nine, on her lap and, like, oh my babying God. her. Oh, and- Like trying to be, you know, the overbearing grandparent. And you can just tell that my mom is really uncomfortable. My husband's uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. The kid is uncomfortable. She's like pushing her off as she's trying to like grab her. And we end up waiting probably like close to an hour for our food. Oh, and I didn't mention this before. Earlier in the day, my stepdaughter had been with them the entire day and they didn't Mm -hmm. feed her lunch. Oh, and they get up early. So she had breakfast at like six. So she, it's now close to seven o'clock. She is hungry. She is crabby. She is feeling overstimulated because she's being manhandled. Mm. And she can sense the tension in the room because of my mother, like constantly being interrupted by her. Like she'll try and contribute to the conversation and she'll just cut her off and change the subject while like grabbing my stepdaughter. Oh my God. So her food finally comes out. And, you know, she's like so excited because she gets to eat. And she goes to take a bite of her pizza and her husband, my mother-in-law's husband, like sees the piece of string of like the cheese, you know, that's like stuck to the rest of the pizza. And he like flips it up like this and flips the entire pizza onto her lap. What? And so she starts immediately crying. Yeah. So like she's getting burns pretty much. And, you know, has all this like hot pizza sitting on her clothes. And instead of my mother-in-law like getting the food off of her she just starts like screaming in the restaurant she's burning she's burning and my husband's like get the fucking pizza off of her what are you doing we're sitting across from this like big table like we can't really reach her and she just is like working her up and like feeding into this drama and my i end up standing up and like reaching all the way over the table and like pulling everything off of her and my husband is trying to use his skills. So he works with, um, kids with autism. And so he has a lot of skills at like winding kids down. Hmm. So he's trying to get her to wind down and, you know, calm and focus. And like, let's take care of the issues. Like, where do you have sauce on you? Like, are you hurt while she is still screaming?
0: Oh my God. Like Still
1: screaming. And, and so my just husband has something along the lines of,
0: can I just ask why the yeah. fuck did that guy touch her pizza? why was he touching her pizza he's a moron he's a moron
1: what? like <laughs> he's just like her the two of them
0: oh my god okay so irrelevant question but I'm just <laughs> what the
1: fuck like, okay. and he the thing that kills me this entire interaction is he says nothing he sits there and just like clams up and is watching like his wife freak out his grandchild freak out his, you know, stepson oh is trying God. to calm everything down. My mom and I are sitting here horrified, trying to like get napkins and get water to clean her up while they're just like screeching and he sits there. So my husband says something along the lines of like, will you stop the fucking drama to his mom? Mm-hmm. Like stop the fucking drama. I'm trying to parent. And she just gets up and walks away.
0: Did she drive like back to Kentucky?
1: Street. Oh Yeah. She, she comes back after like five minutes and says, I cannot believe you fucking swore at me. I don't deserve to be treated like this.
0: Oh my God.
1: And leaves. And so, after that visit and how she made my stepdaughter feel, it was like a couple of days later, my husband was just sitting with her and she goes, I wish we could just choose our own family. Mm. And he was like, What do you mean by that? And she was like, Well, I feel like Mary Kate's parents and Bio Mom's boyfriend's parents. Are more of grandparents to me than my, my grandparents. Mm. And I feel more love and more support from them. And I wish that they could just be my family instead. Mm. And he said, well, you don't have to have a relationship with her if you don't want to, or if you feel like you need a break and you need to set some boundaries, that's okay. Mm. And so she said, yeah, I just don't want to talk to her right now. I
0: love and it. So I, my I, husband,
1: I, as a therapist, I yeah, mean, you just saved her a lot of
0: therapy and, in knowing that it's okay to establish your boundaries and, and not continue relationships with people that doesn't serve you. I mean, the fact that she was eight and had an anxiety attack about her grandmother coming, like, and the way that you guys handled it and the way that he, like her being able to commute, like you guys are doing a great job and that right there is such an important lesson. I mean, us as adults are still learning that look at us trying to make shit happen for with bio mom, right? Like, Oh, we have to make this work because we need to have a really good co-parenting relationship, or we need to make this work. We need to stay in a marriage for the kids, or we need to like all this crap. And it's like, if the, the relationship is toxic and it's not serving you and it's causing anxiety, and especially for kids, especially for kids and family members, like just because their family doesn't mean like, that's such an, that's such an important thing for her to realize this young. So yeah, just kudos to you guys.
1: <laughs> well, we've always been super vulnerable with her about mental health, because I mean, my husband and I are both medicated for our own mental health issues. And, you know, we both go to therapy. Um, he goes twice a week. And so like, he's open and honest with her and transparent mm-hmm. about emotions and how to handle them in a healthy way.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I was the one I feel like out of the three of us that was hesitant on just her outright kicking her out because I felt like I had almost planted the idea in their brains because I didn't want to interact with her. And I didn't want to hold that responsibility of she doesn't have a grandparent, he doesn't have a mom. Because I couldn't get along with her. Sure. And it took me, I mean, until now of doing the work of being like, no, it's their choice. Mm-hmm. Like they can see her for who she is.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so um, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was going to say he ended up after that visit um, working with his therapist and writing her a letter um, explaining that, you know, what behaviors were toxic and what he needed from her was space. He didn't say like, goodbye, you're out of my life forever. But he said, for the time being, I need to not have contact with you. I need to be separate. And I would just appreciate if you would respect this boundary. And she ended up responding saying that, you know, playing victim and that, I guess she's just such a shitty mom and always has been, but it goes two ways and, you know, just turning everything around and not accepting any responsibility.
0: Classic. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And she said, you know, I still plan on coming out for stepdaughter's birthday in January. So I'll just get all the details from bio mom. And stepdaughter had voiced to us strongly that she did not want her there. And it would be really upsetting to her if her Grammy was there. And so he replied and said, you know, kiddo has voiced that she would rather you not be there. And she only responded an email just said, please stop replying because she couldn't handle it. And so mm-hmm. that was really the last time they spoke was that email exchange. She attempted to text my stepdaughter a couple of times. She has her own cell phone and she doesn't respond to her at all. She leaves her on read. Um, and she kind of got the point. And then after we set that boundary with her, she started blowing up bio mom's phone, like mm-hmm. same day saying like, they just kicked me out of their life and they're trying to keep me from my granddaughter and you won't let that happen. And bio mom's texting the two of us, like what the fuck just happened? Whoa. <laughs> and, you know, she hears a little bit of it from stepdaughter saying like, Grammy makes me feel uncomfortable, but she didn't know the full story until the mm-hmm. two of them were actually forced to talk to each other and be like, look, this is what she did. This is how she made our daughter feel. And this is why she wants to make this choice. And Mm -hmm. she was really hesitant at first because she didn't really understand the full scale of like what had happened. And she just really wants, she wants the best for her kid. She wants Mm -hmm. her kid to have her grandparents involved. Mm -hmm. And she thinks that it's fixable. Um, He ended up giving some concrete examples about that barbecue. Specifically, Mm -hmm. that was one where she was having a full-blown panic attack and throwing the weight of her body against her door to keep her grandma from coming in. And about that dinner where she was just screaming instead of trying to help her. And, um, even what she said, you know, I'm sorry that she heard that. Yeah. And she said, well, I had no idea that she was treating our daughter this way. And, you know, it really breaks my heart that she's not going to have a stable grandparent in her life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's kind of where we are now. It's been, they haven't spoken at all. She has sent a couple cards in the mail, um, twice but we haven't engaged in any kind of response BioMom did tell us that she wasn't going to talk to her um and kind of respect this choice that her daughter has made mm-hmm. um, and we're starting to get her into therapy too so she can work it out with a neutral party mm-hmm. um, and really figure out what she wants to do next if anything
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I mean, your story is so interesting because here we started talking about your relationship with your mother-in-law, right. And then your husband's relationship and what really led to that big boundary is your stepdaughter and, and that relationship, like it's sad all around, you know, but, um, I think so often we do want to keep our family members or our parents involved for the sake of our kids, because our relationship, their relationship can be different than the relationship that we have with them. Um, I think that's honestly my husband's kind of inner turmoil is my stepson and my mother-in-law have a great relationship. Um, what is interesting about our dynamic is my mother-in-law refuses to have any relationship with my daughter, which is also her grandchild. Um, so that has kind of led to our distance and boundary setting with her um because my daughter is getting to the age now where one she doesn't even really recognize my mother-in-law as her grandma because she has my mom her nana she has my husband's father and his stepmom which is grandma and grandpa um And then my dad and his wife, which is Papa and Gigi and just grandma is like not around ever for her. Um, But she knows her as the woman who comes and takes her brother for sleepovers. And she's never been to a sleepover. She's never been taken out. Like She gets gifts from her, but like nothing, like she doesn't want to have any relationship. And so that's like the tension between my husband and I, where I'm like, I want to protect our daughter from her feelings getting hurt. Like, how do we explain to her? Oh, your brother has a relationship with her, but she doesn't want a relationship with you. Like she's four now. She's smart. She like, I don't want to be the one to explain that. So um, that's, what's like, so interesting to me about your story is that it will most likely, if there ever is like a severed relationship, um, I imagine it would be, my husband deciding that for our daughter and then bio mom would, I guess, be the one that would be in charge of allowing him to see her. And, you know, like it's so messed up because at this point, my husband's like, well, there's a lot of things that my mom has already like instilled in my son that I am not happy about. Like I'm not proud of. He's like, I don't want our daughter to be involved in that. Right. So he kind of gets more of a choice because like I mentioned in the beginning, he used his mom a lot for that support when, you know, my stepson was first born and, you know, they really needed her and all that crap. And when I came into the picture, it was like, yeah, we don't need
1: you anymore. Like (laughs) we got it. So yeah. That was exactly our situation too, because I mean, back when my stepdaughter was first born, they were young parents. I think they were 20 and 23. Mm -hmm. And so they relied on her and her money for everything, you Mm -hmm. know, groceries, paying the bills, even any kind of, you know, after-school care or extracurriculars. Mm -hmm. And even when they ended up moving up here, they still like, he was relying on her heavily because he was the only one working. And so she would pay for their uh, Montessori school. That they Mm -hmm. sent her to. Mm -hmm. Um, Just stuff like that. And then when I ended up coming into the picture and supporting us in our own little family unit, I was like, we don't need her money and I don't want it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So that's another big part of this is, you know, she has a lot of money. And for him to make this decision to cut her off means that he's out of any kind of inheritance or Mm -hmm. any kind of safety net. So that's what he's choosing. He's choosing his peace over having this toxic person in his life who has the money to set us up for the rest of our life.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard too. Um, yeah, it's, it's again, it comes down to like your stepdaughter said, like you can choose your family, you know, when it really comes down to it. And I think we, and in our I'm going to, you know, in our generation with uh, where therapy is cool and therapy is the right thing to do. <laughs> and we should all be in therapy. Like over time, we are going to squash like that generational trauma and stop the toxic like behaviors and that toxic shit from trickling down into our into our own kids. Um, and I mean, you guys are actively doing that. And your stepdaughter is super smart in being able to identify, you know, like this does not feel good. And I don't want this in my life. And to have, you know, the support of you and her dad to back that up and honor, you know, her emotions, that's huge. And I think we all need to do that, especially when like going back into, you know, the stepmom perspective when we feel compelled to hold these relationships with our spouse's family or with our spouse's ex or, you know, whatever that is, if it does not serve you in the long run, like don't, don't push it. Like it it's not worth your own inner peace.
1: Yep. Absolutely. That is all I've been learning this past, like year, two years of COVID is protecting my inner peace. What little (laughs) I have left,
0: (laughs) (laughs) right? It's been a crazy couple of years for sure. Um, so before we wrap up, I'm curious, you know, uh, we kind of talked about a bunch of different bio or, um, not bio mom for once, uh, mother-in-law related issues. For someone for a stepmom that's kind of navigating you know the difficult relationship with their mother-in law, where that mother- in- law has a relationship with biomon that makes them uncomfortable, or you know what have you, what would be kind of your advice on how to take care of themselves or how do you begin that journey of establishing some boundaries?
1: I think the first thing that I would have told myself going back is don't buy into her drama you know she spoke a lot of mad drama about bio mom some things yes were true um but it's not relevant she's not that person anymore and i feel like that set us up on such a like a negative relationship and like impeded our ability to co-parent mm. the way that she would get mixed in so i think just like a like shutting off the the bio mom talk with her you already know she's toxic like don't buy into it at all The second thing I would say is protect your peace, like set that boundary of, I am not going to communicate the ins and outs of, you know, stepchild's life or your partner's life and leave that up to your husband Mm. or partner, whoever, leave Mm. that up to your spouse to deal with that aspect. Because I felt so much pressure of, you know, oh, I take her to these cute activities. I would want to see these pictures as a grandparent and feeling like I needed to present her life and what she was doing to her when really that was draining me having to interact with her that much. Mm-hmm. And so I just told my husband, whatever you want her to know, like, I'll send you photos. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Like, I'm not going to be in charge of your family anymore and maintaining these relationships. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer going to suggest and remind you that her birthday is coming up because mm-hmm. I don't really give a shit.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so, absolutely. That's funny. That your me- inner peace. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as you like, I did the same thing. Like we would have bio mom bashing parties. Um, and I thought that we were bonding when really she was sizing me up and she knew my triggers. She knew what buttons would, you know, that she could push when it came to things with bio mom. Um, and she took advantage of that. And then, um, Yeah, I was trying to establish that, you know, you want to have a relationship with your mother-in-law. So you send photos or you invite them to things. And to this day, my mother-in-law hasn't come to any birthday parties for either kids. Um, She partly I'll say partly because she doesn't want to see my father-in-law, even though they have been divorced for 40 years. For 40 years. She can't, still can't show up to see her ex, which just goes to show. And the stepmom, she just goes to show that she's the high conflict one. So um yeah, over time I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna invite her anymore because the bitch ain't gonna come. And I'm only gonna send photos if she sends me a past aggressive text that says, Oh, what do my grandkids look like now? You know, like it's just uh <laughs> Yes, protect. I've got those no sex. God. It's <laughs> so crazy. Well, thank you so much. Again, this has been super cathartic for me. Um, therapeutic, I'll say. Uh, and being able to talk about this experience and hearing from someone else. Like, again, like some of this shit is just straight textbook. Like, I don't know why they're all built the same way. Um, I'd love to have a, some grant money to do a research <laughs> about why these. People are the way they are. But um, yeah, anything to add before we say goodbye?
1: I think just like the biggest gift that COVID gave me was the ability to really like disengage from everything that you like. I don't know what stepmoms need to hear this, but listen to me closely. You don't have to do everything. And that is the greatest gift you will ever get. Go out with your girlfriends, get a hobby buy a paddleboard, like do what you want to do and leave the parenting to the parents, you know, leave the mother-in-law drama to your husband for a day and just Mm -hmm. be an individual that you were before you were a stepmom. Yes. Because I got so wrapped up in it for so long and I'm just learning how to let go. And it is amazing.
0: Yes. Preach. That's, that's my mission too. That's why I started this whole damn thing because it was like, Oh, I did some shit really wrong. My mission is to prevent that from happening to other women. Absolutely. Um, Well, Mary-Kate, thank you so much um, for coming on. I really appreciate it. And everyone else, I hope you enjoyed. As always, be well and stay radical. All right, ladies, the episode is over, but do you want a little more? Come find me on Instagram and join the community at Radical Stepmoms Podcast, or schedule a one-on-one session and get that personalized support, or become a Radical member and gain access to exclusive content like bonus episodes and merch. Radical Stepmoms is so much bigger than a podcast. Check out the details and the notes on this episode.